you talk about this would be december 13th we're in it december means august and josh just had a birthday the 11th and the 12th of december i know we should talk about that because i have roads and brave december birthdays okay let's talk about december birthdays it's all month long celebration it actually my heart starts to palpitate a little bit on november 5th because i'm like Rhodes is a December 5th baby. I need to buy everything. He needs to have a birthday party now. <laughs> nice. And and then Brave, he's t- turning three, December 20th. And I'm still trying to get away with last minute, like, birthday things for him. Because mm-hmm. he's so little still. You mean? He's still little still. And um, just like the pressure of people showing up. On a weekend to a party. Right. Right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Stresses me out. Nobody's going to be there. Everybody's going to cancel last minute. I'm going to get a little bit mad. (laughs) You know? So I'm like, totally. I'm not doing that to myself, Betty, but we'll make it special. But for Rhodes, I really, I, we did it. We did birthday party. Yeah. December 5th feels early enough. Yes. But you got to be on it. I, I did one last year in november end of november and that was actually perfect mm-hmm. smart That's yeah good have you ever yeah. like have you ever thought about i mean i've heard of people doing this with their baby when their baby's birthdays are so close to christmas or something like that doing a half birthday party in the middle of june i have Is heard that, that and it confuses terrible? me it's not my favorite either and then they get two birthdays this is one of my yes. do. What are we remember do back in June? <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't remember back in June. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> I would feel like that as an adult. I'd be like, I know that we celebrated six months ago, but also today's my actual birthday. You can just ignore it. It's two things. No, we're doing one thing. Um, I I think if you can avoid a December birthday, I think you should plan <laughs> your family <accordingly>, people. <laughs> All right. Josh and August, I love you so much. And the 11th and 12th, we're still in the middle of the month, and I will always celebrate you, and I'm so excited to do it. And December is jam-packed without birthdays. Yeah. Jam-packed. I mean, already I feel like our weekends, we're getting invitations to things, and it's like, this is it. Our weekends are now full. We, That's it. We have no space mm-hmm. for, a, for a little three-year-old birthday party. Like, it that's sounds what simple, I'm saying. But it's like, yes. Yeah. So maybe okay, we'll so, just yes. go on vacation experiences. Yes. Go to go That's to the true. Bahamas every year for the month, the whole month. There you go, the whole <laughs> month. That sounds yeah. perfect. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, uh, that'll be something we can ask our financial planner. <laughs> How perfect. do we plan for Bahamas birthdays every this December? Is, this needs to be a part of my plan. <laughs> also, <laughs> speaking of planning, is this the month of like in the month of March? Is this where we're talking about if you don't want to have a December baby. Oh. Just be really careful during the month of March. <laughs> All of a like, sudden, now it's a birds and the bees. What do you mean, Micah? <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about the birds and the bees. <laughs> like, do what you want to do in February. Do what you want to do in April. Be a little loose in those months, but March. <laughs> Keep it tight. It Keep it tight. Lock it down. <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, okay. so funny. And now I feel all embarrassed that I had two December babies. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about. Mercedes is not working with the March plan. 
Oh um, my gosh. Okay. So Enough of this. You guys. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, wait, are we recording? Is this a podcast? Where did or this hang out? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I really got confused here for a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Enough of this. <laughs> Ladies, let's shout some words and, sh- <laughs> and shift some narratives for people with Down syndrome. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. We're going to try and get it together here. Today, we have Philip Clark back on the show to chat all about Enable Special Needs Planning and being a sibling to a sister with Down syndrome. And we're so excited for all of his insights. So let's get to it, friends. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. All right, you guys, I feel like we, I feel like we've said enough already. <laughs> I mean, and literally. <laughs> Let's get into it. I don't know. What do you, do you go straight to, to this episode? I'm, I'm excited for this one because I, I say this when we talk to Philip, but it really has been such a game changer going through this, go, doing, working with Enable to make a plan has been such a game changer for us. And I just could not love what they do more. And pat myself on the back all the time for it, you guys. I feel so proud. An adult. <laughs> you are such an adult, and we're proud of you. Oh my gosh, and thank you. Yeah, you're finally. welcome. You're welcome. And and just so our listeners know, Philip has been on the podcast before, all the way back in episode 47, before we started having hundred numbers in front of our. Wow. I know. Um, back when we were little baby podcasters. That's right. Um, yeah so we recommend after you listen to this or before you listen to this if you want to go um hear the other episode with philip and compare notes uh, it's a good one too it sure is and i want to encourage our listeners as always we love it when you leave a review and if you haven't gotten the chance to leave a review for us um please do jump on to apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts let us know how you're experiencing uh, this, just the this amazing podcast, and let us know how you feel about the conversations we're having about December birthdays, March babies, and, and all <laughs> of those things. Or <laughs> things. Or if you want us to stop, the experts we have on, like Philip. <laughs> or about that too <laughs> whatever feedback you have for us uh, we welcome it we welcome it and we would love to read your review on the air as they say very good alright let's get to it All right, friends, we are here with Philip Clark, the founder of Enable Special Needs Planning, a financial planning company that assists families in setting up a comprehensive and holistic plan for their loved one's future. Enable has served families across every state in America, including our states, Jersey and California. And both Heather and I have chatted about the future of our kiddos with Down syndrome with Philip and his team. 
and it's been so meaningful for both our families. And today he's here to share more about his approach to planning with all of you. So welcome back to the show, Philip. Thank you. I'm excited to be here again with you guys. Yeah, so excited to have you back. Philip, will you reintroduce yourself to our listeners who maybe didn't catch the first the other times you've been on the podcast? Sure. Yeah. So um my younger sister Sarah has Down syndrome. She is the whole reason that I have a unique approach to planning. And um she's such an impact in my life and she's an inspiration in my life. And she is the glue that holds our family together. And she's such a, a blessing to our family and our community. And all of those things about Sarah that I see are what was missing in the planning conversations that my family had so early on as we were talking about Sarah's future. So I'm so passionate about what I do with families and helping them think abundantly about the future, but it all comes back to how Sarah's impacted my life as a, as a person. Philip, will you tell us a little bit about where you live and yeah, where you, I know that you work in, in states all over the country, but you started out in I'm yeah, sorry. so we we grew up in a little a small farming community outside of uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and now our practice is located in Indianapolis, but we're located centrally in Indiana. But we do serve families across the country, which is awesome. We use the power of the internet to be able to to help families comprehensively plan. But you know, growing up in a small community, I found that um, the community embraced our family and embraced Sarah. And certainly, there were so many challenges in thinking about her future and thinking about navigating through the education systems, but there was a lot of benefits in growing up in a small community. But now we live in a larger community in Indianapolis and there's so many opportunities for our loved ones here. So it's been a fun journey. Okay. I'm curious with with you growing up with Sarah, if there was a time when you were younger that you thought about Sarah's future. Um and in that like the finance maybe not necessarily financially, but at what like as her sibling with if you would be responsible for caregiving for her was that part of your thinking at all growing up with her I, th- I think it was because of the natural conversation that just happened um i was four years older than sarah when she was well, I was four years old when she was born so as my mom and dad were starting to discuss a lot of these future planning conversations i was old enough to be aware of how emotional and how um, frustrated they were how confused they were and I saw how challenging it was in thinking about what to do. And so as a eight, nine, 10 year old, I realized that they were talking about what would happen if they were no longer here. And I can remember walking up to mom and dad saying, hey guys, if something happens to you, don't worry, I'll take care of Sarah. And I remember them just pausing and looking at me and my mom bending down and saying, sweetie, this is not your responsibility. And, but from those early conversations, I knew that no matter what happened, I would be that person to step in and take care of Sarah. And it was nothing that my parents uh, put on me. I know a lot of families that I talk to across the country don't want to put that, and they call it the burden on the shoulders of the siblings. But I find that most siblings want to be involved in these planning conversations. And I certainly did when I was younger. And But it opened my eyes to realize the different approach to planning that it that we needed to have as an industry. And that's before I was in the industry, but I looked at that and thought planning doesn't have to be this difficult. Planning should be easier for my family. I didn't understand why I saw my parents 
uh, so confused. I didn't understand why I saw tears in my mom's eyes and thinking about Sarah's future until now I realized why it was so difficult for them. When you went into financial planning, did you go in knowing that like was something like Enable always at the forefront of this or did it turn into what it is now? So graduating from Purdue, I knew I wanted to work with families much like my own. Entering into Purdue, I went into audiology where I was going to work with kids with uh, hearing disabilities because of the impact that my sister had on me and being involved in many audiology appointments. But I quickly realized that the the planning model and remembering back in those conversations with my parents, um, how emotional they were and thinking planning has to be much better. And so I entered my career with a firm that did specialist planning only looking at the financial planning components of it. And was excited to jump in, but quickly I realized there was a couple issues that I saw as a proud big brother, as a family member uh, with the industry. One, it was a cookie cutter process. It was only focused on um, a few certain things and the strategies and the solutions and the questions were the same with every single family. But the biggest thing that I saw was that the industry's approach to planning was only focused on what happens when my parents passed away. And, mm. you know, yeah, we've got to think through that because we're not given tomorrow. But I looked at that from a proud big brother's perspective. And I said, no, I believe that planning should be focused on all of the conversations and all of the things that are going to allow Sarah to live a happy and fulfilling and, and purposeful life. And those, those conversations were completely missing. And not only were they missing, I was told, no, that's not specialized planning. Stick to the script we gave you. Sell these products. That's what planning is. And so after being part of three firms, all with the same experience of what planning was, I decided to start Enable and, and starting having conversations that I believe needed to be had. Mm-hmm. Will you tell us a little bit more about that, Philip? Like, what, what are you doing for families that is different than just the traditional approach to special needs planning? Sure. The I encourage families, we've got to start with an abundant mindset. Mm-hmm. What? Why are we planning in the first place? What does success for our loved ones look like? Um, what challenges are we facing in getting there? But if we look out to the future and think through what are the abilities that they have and how can we nurture those abilities to be able to blossom into something that's going to impact the world, those are the conversations that are really going to move the needle and change the trajectory of families' lives and most importantly, our loved ones' lives that we're planning for. But what I saw my parents go through when they were planning so early on when Sarah's life was traditional approach to planning was you get a special needs trust and you figure out a way to fund it. Mm. And that was it. That was that cookie cutter approach that I saw so many times. And I ask families this all the time now. Those are, those are two important pieces of everybody's plan, likely. But having those two things alone, that doesn't create peace of mind. That doesn't overcome all the challenges and achieve everything that we are trying to accomplish for our loved ones. And so the plan has got to be so much better. And it's got to be focused on, again, those abundant uh, conversations. Mm. So, Philip, how are you? It's been good. Yeah. Um. I was wondering, how does um, Enable support the families and guide them through the process that you were just speaking about? Sure. We've got to make it easy for families. Um, Let's be honest. Nobody wants to plan. Nobody wakes up 
in the morning saying, I'm so excited about putting a financial plan and a legal plan <laughs> and a communication plan in place for our loved ones, right? And it's for many reasons, but one, our lives are so consuming and hectic from a day-to-day standpoint. I hear from families all the time. We barely have enough time to plan for today. How would we ever think about planning for the future? And so our team has to walk alongside with the family, us doing the heavy lifting, us looking at all the different strategies and resources there are and bringing those solutions to a family that's walking them through that. But it starts with what I call my vision alignment plan. We've got to understand why every single unique or every family is uniquely planning because every family's goals are different. Every uh, vision of what success for our loved one is going to look different. And that vision is going to change over time. But I find if we don't center our conversations in why a family is planning and what is important to them, we're missing an opportunity to really make a huge difference in the lives of our loved one that we're planning for. And so the very first piece that our team starts with is that understanding that vision of success. And from there, every single piece of the plan has to be aligned with what we're, what we're shooting for, for the future. So we, once we have that, then we can make sure that the strategies of getting there are, are going to happen. And most of the time that takes intentional financial planning. If we think about anything in life, uh, whether it's retirement or whether it's about future support from a financial standpoint for our loved one, it's going to have to take intentional financial planning to make that happen. But again, it comes back and starts with that, the vision of what success is. We started this process with you guys about three or four years ago. And um, I, I honestly, every day wake up so thankful for it. I'm not just saying that. Like it's, it's one of those things that's always on my mind and I has always been. Like I, I've known there's something different between a trust and a special needs trust, like a non-special needs trust and a special needs trust. There's my kids with Down syndrome, and it's two out of three over here, are going to need some additional support today and every single day for the rest of their entire life. It can't land on truly my middle daughter. Sure. You know, like, and it's so overwhelming. And I knew that something had to happen. I knew I had to do a thing and start the process. But pairing up with you guys, yes, it was you had to like take the steps. Yes, you had to take the time. Yes, we had to sit down, but you walk us all through. And then I just am like, we have a, we have a plan. It is so like, if something happened to Josh and I today, there's a plan in place and my kids are going to be cared for. And we don't have a ton of money either. Right? Like we're not like swimming in the dough. And so it has been so helpful. And I, it feels like one of my most adult things I've done. <laughs> like, Oh, this is so adult. It's so important and just, and I can't just say enough what a relief it is to have done the process and taken those steps and taken the time to make it happen because it's not, it's not painless. It's not like, Philip, you're in charge. We have to do the work, but you guys make it so um, specific to us and sure. walk us through all the process. So a couple of things I'm, I'm wanting to know. I have three things and I'll ask them all, I guess. <laughs> um, one is if you can talk about the difference between a special needs trust, why do we need to have a special needs trust? Why not just a trust is one. I'm going to say yeah. all three things and otherwise I'll forget. The second is, um, when to start. Cause we started this when Macy was about 11, 10, 11, but we have a lot of listeners who, whose kids are one, you know, mm -hmm. one, two, three years old. 
Um, when do you start this? And then the third piece, if you could talk a little bit about like, like Josh and I came into it, we don't have a ton of wealth. So what, what are we doing to set the kids up? Um, that's unique to what you guys do. Those are my three things. Okay. Let me start with the second, um, question about, was the second question when when to start? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I get this question a lot when I'm speaking at conferences across the country or one-on-one with families, you know, when is the right time to start? And I answer that in two different perspectives. One, do we have a crystal ball? Do we know exactly what's going to happen? Um, life is fragile, right? We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And if something happens to you tomorrow, are you without a doubt certain that your family will be secure? And if the answer is no, then the right time to start is right now, right? But I say that hesitantly because, again, I go back to the old approach to planning in that it was a limited focus. It was only focused on what happens to my parents passed away. And so from the abundant perspective of that is when is it too early to start planning for abundant opportunities for our loved ones? And there's so many unknowns out there in the future, right? And how do we make sure that we are in position to be able to capture and take advantage of opportunities in the future uh, and doing everything possible to get there? And we've got to start now and we've got to take baby steps and, and little steps of making sure that we are making progress so that we can capture those amazing opportunities to allow our loved ones to have a happy and fulfilling and purposeful, purposeful life. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes into your, your third question too, of, you know, even if you feel like right now, I don't, I'm not a candidate for planning because I don't have a ton of money or I don't have the complexities. It takes those little baby steps. It takes doing things little and repetitive actions and commitments over and over and over again. And that ultimately will bring peace of mind to families of knowing that no matter what happens, they have done everything in their power to plan for an abundant future for their entire family, but specifically for the focus of making sure that their loved one is loved and supported and included no matter what happens. I just want to add that I just to what Heather was saying about her experience, one of the things that I really appreciated in meeting with you guys was we had we had already established a trust for ACE, a special needs trust. And it was a very, like, you know, it was kind of a cold process. We had to find a lawyer. We had to, like, figure these things out ourselves. And it felt very, like, uh, I guess, just focused on this one particular part of our life, you know. I think that when we came in to meet with you, I was a little bit like, well, we've already made this trust. Like, what do we need to do? And the thing that was super helpful for me was your your abundant mindset and the fact that you made this about our family so that we were meeting and talking not just about that ACE needed this special needs trust, but like, how are we how are we saving money in that? while also thinking about our other boys and their futures and the things we need to save for them. How are we working towards goals that Chris and I have for our future? And it felt so, it felt so inclusive. <laughs> it was like, this is like not just holistic. like holistic. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Yeah. It's not just about ACE. It's, we are a whole family unit and we have there, we need to be saving for more than just ACE. And, it was 
really, really helpful to have someone care about all those parts and still be able to speak to the needs we have around ACE. And uh, I just really appreciate that mindset. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, it does. We've got to look at everything. And that first vision alignment meeting, it's not just success for our loved one. It's the entire family. Because every single decision that you guys make and our families make in their lives ultimately impacts our loved one, right? Um, you know, the decision of you guys moving from California to New Jersey, that certainly impacted everything in your family, but certain certainly impacted Ace in his future. So yeah. everything has got to be considered because there's a ripple effect. One decision here is going to make a difference in every other area for the, especially planning components, but also from the family planning components. Yeah. yeah. And, and listeners, Philip and his team were among the first people we told we were thinking about moving to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I was just going to comment too, because we did the Andy and I, the initial meeting. And even since then we have new things to like add and talk about with having another child, buying our first home. But I remember just how great your team is with communication and kindness hmm. and just like this warm feeling about them. Even if it's through an email, I feel like you guys are quick about getting back in communication and um, just kind. So you don't feel like it is rigid, just another client. And it doesn't also feel salesy. It just feels like, okay, I have someone on my side answering my annoying questions, kind of also encouraging me to keep going with the process. And it's all positive, which I feel is, I just think it speaks volumes to what you're trying to create within your team. I appreciate that. And that is very intentional. That's one thing I saw through my parents' journey is that it was cold. It was not personal and nobody understood what they were going through. That was part of their frustration. That was part of my mom's tears of saying, nobody gets it. They have these strategies and solutions, but they don't understand what we're trying to do. Um, that's one way that Sarah's impacted my life in many, many amazing ways is having the empathy and understanding and remembering back to the journey that I have gone through and bring that empathy and warmth to our process for our families, because we've got to feel understood. We've got to make sure that we know that somebody's got our back um, and they have our best interests in mind and our best and our best interests in mind for our loved ones. Yeah, it does feel like a team. Definitely. Like we're all on a team together. Um, really appreciate that. Okay. What will you explain the difference between why you have to have, why do you have to have a special needs trust? Why can't you just create a regular financial plan for a kid with an intellectual disability? It all comes back to government benefits because unfortunately, if we want to access the government benefits, most of them, we can't have more than $2,000 in our loved one's name without those government benefits going away. And so there's two options we have with that. One is an ABLE account. The second is a special needs trust. And there's pros and cons to both. Most of the time, it's best for a special needs trust and a ABLE account to work together for future planning, especially long-term estate planning. Uh, they really work well together, but there's a lot of limitations that each one has. The special needs trust costs some money to get going because you have to have an attorney involved. And it's limited on, it's rigid in how you move money in and move money out. Mm -hmm. So there's some limitation with that, but the pro or the, the upside of that is 
there's no limit to how much money can be inside a special needs trust. So it's very vital to have that from a long-term estate planning standpoint. In the event that my parents are not here, Sarah's money will go into a special needs trust to make sure that she doesn't lose her government benefits. Mm -hmm. But how that works with an ABLE account is really important because ABLE accounts are amazing for short to midterm planning. If there's birthday money, if there's income from a job that goes above Sarah's $2,000 limit that she can have in a checking account, that money can be put into uh, this ABLE account to also not disqualify her from government benefits. But there's two different numbers that we've got to remember with ABLE accounts. One is 16,000. You can't have more than that in the ABLE account per calendar year, or you can't add more than that per calendar year. And the next number is 100,000. After 100,000 in total assets in the ABLE account, SSI goes away. And so that's how you look at the two is so important. So again, I look at ABLE accounts as short to midterm planning, but long-term estate planning, we have to look at a special needs trust. That's so helpful. <laughs> so helpful. That was crystal clear. Um, I remember I used to teach special education. And so this was 15 and 20 years ago. And I know there's no way that I'm not old, but I am. I started teaching very young. That's why. But I had a parent whose son had Down syndrome and he had already graduated. And I knew her through like a, we worked together. And she would talk about like, he just got this birthday money and he just got whatever. And she's like, he just went out and bought like a $500 TV because we can't save his money. I mean, it's just, you know, 15 years ago, he couldn't save his money. And he had like a little part-time job. And she's like, he's literally, I'm like, you're buying groceries today. Like, well, you have to spend this money or we yeah. lose all of your benefits. So it's so great yeah. to see the progress that's being made in that. And just trusting, I'm trusting and believing that it'll be even more so for people with disabilities to have the ability to be financially astute. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I always say we've come such a long way, you know, 30 years ago, 33 years ago when Sarah was born, none of this existed. Now right. it does, which is amazing seeing that progress, but we still got a long ways to go. That's why mm -hmm. all of us are here fighting and making sure that we're uh, being advocates for our loved ones. Yeah. Yes. Love what you're doing, Philip. It really is. Uh, yeah. I cannot say and stress enough to all the listeners to make the effort to set up some kind of plan, some kind of a financial plan at, at least. And at the most, you know, this, I love this idea of functioning out of abundance and thinking about today and every day moving forward for your whole family unit. It's really unique. It's really special. I will add the financial piece is important, but that's not everything that goes into a plan. We've got to make sure that we protect the plan under all costs, right? We've, so I start with understanding what that vision of success is for the family. And then we've got to make sure we have an intentional financial plan to get there, to achieve that success. But there's so much that's out of our control. So how do we make sure that we protect the plan? That's where a special needs trust comes in. That's where overall legal planning comes in to make sure that we're protecting the future, no matter what happens. But part of that legal plan is naming the future team. Who is that future team if my parents are no longer here? And that's so important for every single family to have that open discussion to make sure that the right person is in the right seat mm -hmm. at the right time to make sure that our loved one is supported um, no matter what. And yeah. once families have that, it's so important to communicate the plan. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be so buttoned up in your plan and have that perfect plan. But if nobody knows about it, there's a lot that can go wrong. So our team helps from start to finish bringing all of these moving pieces together to make it easy for a family to have peace of mind. And I'll, I'll say to that too, this 
a year into it, you met, you met with Josh and just went, revisited that. Maybe it was two years later. And we had a plan. I have two sisters. He has a brother, both our parents. And in the last two years, so much has changed within that, those, within that plan. So it was revisiting and we've, we have changed who, because of those changes, it doesn't make sense now for something to happen to Josh and I, for who initially was that person to be that person. And Mm -hmm. it's hard conversations, but it, but I talked to like my sisters and my parents and Josh's parents and, um, and then there's like this ripple effect where my sisters have been like talking about their kids, you know, like, how's this all going to work? And having those hard conversations of, hey, we recognize how this, like when we did this initial plan, your kids were all young. And now thinking forward, you're going to be an empty nester. And this is different now than like kids joining kids, you know, or like there's medical issues with the parents and they can't be caregivers to my kids anymore. And so it was just really helpful. Something we wouldn't have done. Like we, it would have happened to us like, oh, shoot, we should visit this. But you guys intentionally follow up and revisit that because you're aware that life changes. And that was really, really helpful for us. Yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, life changes and the approach to planning, it's got to be a flexible model. It's got to yeah. be something that's easily able to be molded into how life is evolving so that we can continually adapt. And if we think about the plan from a vision for what success looks like, I'll speak for my sister. Uh, five years from now, her vision of success is going to look different than today. And so her plan has also got to evolve to make sure that the changing uh, areas of success for her can be supported. I have a question. There's the upfront cost to do the planning. Do you guys have a payment plan option for that upfront cost or, or no? We do. We okay. want to be flexible. We want to meet a family where they are and help ensure that the plan is done correctly for them. However, we can get it, um, get it done. Nothing that we do is a cookie cutter process. So families coming in might not need the entire plan. They might just need certain portions of it. So we don't have a cookie cutter payment plan, but we're happy to be flexible to make it happen for families. Cool. I love it. Wonderful. Thank you. Philip. Yeah. It's so good. Philip, where can people find you? They're going to end this episode and they're going to contact you. What's the best way? So our website is enable, E-N-A-B-L-E-S-N-P, as on specialneedsplanning.com. We also have a free Facebook group. I will send you guys the link to that if you want to put it in the show notes. But we have a a free group where we just give planning tips and advice. And it's a community of parents across the globe Mm -hmm. who want to be there to support each other. But our team jumps in and has trainings and have different uh, resources for families to take advantage of as families are beginning to think through what it looks like to plan. I appreciate that so much, Philip. You're sl- you so slaying much. it as we say around here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And Philip, we, we're going to take a little break and um, hear from our sponsor, and then we will come back and share good news. So we would love to hear some good news that you're celebrating in Sarah's life. And we will also share good news we're celebrating in our loved ones with Down Syndrome's lives. Awesome. Great. All right. So we'll be right back. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. The Lucky Few has a bunch of new merch out, including... 
a Lucky Few Christmas shirt that you're going to want to head over to theluckyfew.co and check out our shop. And we are going to get you going on your holiday shopping here with a special discount code. It is the biggest discount that we're going to offer this holiday season over at theluckyfew.co with all of our merch for the entire shop. So you're getting 20% off on the entire Lucky Few shop, all of our merch, including our new Christmas merch. Use code podcast at checkout at theluckyfew.co. Happy shopping, everybody. Time for good news. Time for good news. Everybody, welcome to the good news. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we're back, and please share with us, Philip, some good news about Sarah. So Sarah has completely embraced her new role as an aunt, and I say new role. Our daughter is two years old, but it's flown by so quickly, but um, Sarah just loves being an aunt. She was so excited when we were expecting Emma, and but we weren't sure how she would do. She loves kids, but being an aunt's big responsibility, but she absolutely loves it. And one thing that we have noticed is that Emma is a completely different person around Sarah. Emma's on the go all the time. She's busy. And even when she was a baby, she just didn't sit still. But when Sarah's around, Emma has almost just a mesmerized look on her face and she just stares in Sarah's eyes and will sit and read books with Sarah for hours. And it's just mm-hmm. so much fun to see Emma's, uh, love for Sarah, but it's even cooler to see Sarah's love for Emma and how she's just become a, a proud aunt. Oh, does she oh have a name, gosh. a special auntie name, or is it Aunt Sarah? She just wanted Aunt Sarah. Uh, I everybody in our family had their own creative name that they wanted to be called, and she <laughs> was very confused about why you call me anything <laughs> yeah. other than Aunt now Sarah. Now you're so she's very practical. and Yaya and Hulu. <laughs> right? like, it's, it's kind so of good. really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. My other sister's Aunt Gigi. My mom is Noni. Uh, my dad yeah, right. is just granddad. But Sarah just kind of looked at everybody. I was like, no, I'm Aunt Sarah. <laughs> just changing oh, our it. names to sound effects. <laughs> 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 my family was the same. They were, all came to me with requests. And I was like, okay, do I have to call you this now? Sorry, I call you this too. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Mike and Mercedes, you have some good news you want to share? Ooh, Sunflower, she is having the best time. I do have news to share. (laughs) Sunflower (laughs) is having the best time in her musical theater class. Um, And she did ballet last semester. It was like ballet tap. It was um, like a trio kind of class and intro. And she did great. But I could tell like, like the last 15 to 10 minutes of class, um, the teacher and the helper had to always kind of keep encouraging her. Come on, Sunny, let's do it. It wasn't really her speed. Um, and we have, and but those teachers were great. I loved them. We chose musical theater class this semester and 45 minutes. This teacher actually spends an hour with them. She does the whole class without a miss like a misstep she doesn't sit down she doesn't need extra water breaks i did air quotes because she (laughs) would always request a water break (laughs) as a way of sitting down you know um she doesn't do that and she genuinely looks forward to the class weekly and that has been really fun and encouraging 
love that. Good news. Mm-hmm. Such good news. I have good news. Did I tell you guys about how I sent an email to Ace's the class Ace's classmates' parents asking for playdates? Mm-hmm. Oh, cute! <laughs> I, I just went for it. I went hard. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I guess my fourteen-year-old was like, "Mom, that is a little desperate." I was. Like, <laughs> Hey, you know, sometimes desperation leads like to Like a dating ad? <laughs> I'm had. putting an ad out there. <laughs> it's so sweet. So <laughs> I went in for, uh, for in October to read Everyone Belongs, shout out, uh, author Heather Avis. And <laughs> I, afterwards, I sent an email to the parents to be like, this is, I came in, you know, let me tell you about Ace. Let me tell you about how, how it went reading this book to your, the class. And then I just was like, Ace loves playdates. Call me. Text me. <laughs> and so I love it. I heard from three different uh, three different moms. And we've had two out of those three playdates. <gasps> and yesterday we had one with this little boy who was just so delighted that Ace was coming. Super excited to show his mom Ace's talker. And to like show Ace around the toys in his backyard. And he was so gentle with him. Like everything Ace wanted to do, which Ace was like wanted to take piles of leaves and put them into the car, like the toy car. And they just did that stuff together. He helped Ace climb the ladder, even though Ace didn't need help. He was like holding Ace's (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. And uh, at one point I was like, hey, you know, talking to this little boy tell me about your friends at school. What are their names? And he was like, well, I mean, Ace. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> One. Ace. First of all, Ace. <laughs> and so it just felt, uh, he, it felt like he was, he really got him. And he so was genuinely happy to be friends with Ace. And Ace was, Ace cried when it was time to leave. That really got in the car. I love that. Um, like he didn't want it to end. He didn't want it to end, and it was really cool. And I was just this morning while Ace was getting ready for school, we Facetimed with my mom, and I was telling her about the play date, and Ace just got so excited. He was smiling. I can just. Ooh, I love that. Yes. So Look, new that's friends, so great. New friends. I love it. I'm here for that. It's not desperation. I think that's a. I'm sure that all those parents received that and they're like, yeah, we're sitting at home. We're in second grade, right? He's in second grade. Yeah. yeah like the kids aren't like texting each other, you know, everyone, <laughs> how else do you get to know each other? I think it's very smart. And it's I'm proud intentional. Of you for that. Yes. I, oh, I love it so much. Um, okay. I have good news too. Look at all of us. Hey. All <laughs> Our <around>. great lives. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, so Macy is 14, True is 11 and August is nine. And we're in this stage of, we're just now at the point where truly our 11-year-old who doesn't have any kind of disability can be alone um, or be in charge of things, like be home alone, walk home alone from school, all those things. And Mason at 14, because of her abilities, we're not there yet, but we don't want Macy to feel like True's in charge of her. So it's just this dance that we're figuring out right now. Um, and And we don't think it's safe to leave truly in charge of truly in charge of the kids if we were to leave. So we're not there yet. <laughs> However, um, we were at a buddy walk. So it's a safe space initially, but it was at a zoo. 
and we were in the exhibit area. We had a booth and the kids wanted to go into the zoo. And True has this little gab watch. We also, our kids don't have phones that we can talk about that in another episode, but Truly has this little gab watch. And so we can communicate with her. And then the three of them went and we're like, you know, worst case scenario, I don't like, I don't know. They run out at the zoo, but that's, that's not a character for them or they get stuck and don't want to move or whatever. So Josh and I'm like, all right, let's do it. And we just let them go. And they walked around the whole zoo and 20 minutes came back and they came back and it was great. And just normal, like go be independent without mom and dad there. And we're just tiptoeing into that um, in public spaces of letting the kids be independent like that. We've let True and August like go do Disney stuff, like wait in lines at Disneyland together. Macy's our wild card. She's literally one of my favorite humans on the entire planet. And 95% of the time, it's going to be fine. But that 5%, (laughs) we're working on it. So this was a good news is we we are letting them go out into the world. And it was a successful go out into the world without us moment for the kiddos. That is amazing. I can't even imagine, guys. I'm always uh, I'm behind in those things because Sunny is my first, right? Ah, yes. <laughs> I I mean, I could trust her. I just feel like all the boys would come back crying, like she's being too bossy, you know. <laughs> or like maybe not all three would be back. Brave wouldn't be back. Like I just am so far from that <laughs> that I'm I'm excited yeah. to know that it is a future thing. <laughs> it's it's interesting navigating it because Sunny's your oldest, Macy's my oldest. Yes. That. Now, because it because Mason's not following the same timeline with independence <laughs> like that. Yes. Truly, we've delayed her in that. So my friend's mm-hmm. kids are like, no, my kid's babysitting at 11. I'm like, Truly, Truly's not even home alone at 11. Wait, when are we allowed to do this? What, this like, is what age exactly, are we allowed to do this? It's very I'm even having that even with like movies and shows that they watch. Because totally. Sunflower also has a very immature, not, I mean, just for her age group um, show like like she likes different mm-hmm. shows so then Rhodes <laughs> has to only watch Octonauts <laughs> and then his friends are like talking about Star Wars and I'm like whoa like, oh, wait a minute I have no idea situation. that he should be watching Star Wars I'm sorry bud <laughs> and I did everything way too early I was just like <laughs> yeah. He's like off buying me groceries when he's eight years old. I was like, he's out the there city into the kid city too. And I take know. This cash. Yes. So. Which I think I would have been with True if I, if Mason totally. wasn't yes. a leader. It I is kind of sweet, but funny. also kind of like, and I homeschool. Am I like messing my, <laughs> and, uh, am I meeting the mold too much if he doesn't watch Star oh Wars yet or play Pokemon? Because I'm like, no, Nintendo. And so I don't know. Right. Okay. We'll have another. <laughs> Everybody's going to be our, okay. Our poor children's like everyone's a, a little bit imperfectly formed yes. and okay. We need an episode that's like, this is where this is why I think my kids will go to therapy and we'll just like <laughs> the things I'm doing now that will ensure. Well, this is perfect, Philip. We're going to need. Let's bring a full circle. We're going to need a budget for therapy. This is so true. This is part of our abundant thinking. Just plan ahead and be be ready. Oh gosh, you guys, too much. It's too much. Okay, we are going to wrap up this episode, Philip. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the episode today, and for caring for our community so much. We just really, really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. Been fun. 
It's been so good. Um, and then thanks Josh Davis for editing this episode, Val Schluter for producing and Ashley for managing all of our social media. And if you liked this episode, please share it with your family and friends. We love it when you share it. And don't forget to subscribe. And check us out on thelookedfeepodcast.com for all our show notes, especially today because they were super important and there was lots to share. And be sure to follow us on social media at the Lucky Few Pod. And listener, as we like to say every week, you are slaying it. We are cheering you on. We love you. Go make a financial plan and full plan. <laughs> full, life. <laughs> full, full life plan. Full life plan, <laughs> including finances. Um, we're, we can't wait to be together with you next week on another episode of Lucky Few Podcast. Bye. Bye.